0: Welcome to this edition of Your Community Matters with me, Eric Krimas. So glad you've decided to join us here on Alternative Talk AM 1150 and AM 880 KIXI, two great radio stations. Thanks so much for telling all your friends and family about these stations and increasing our audience. We really appreciate it and we hope that we're doing a good job by you. Today is no exception. Visiting with me in studio via Zoom is Ryan Murphy. He is Director of Electric Operations at Puget Sound Energy. You probably know it as PSC, as you probably hear about it on the news quite a bit. Together, we'll be discussing power outages and the steps you can take to better protect your family. There'll be lots of helpful information given in today's show, so please get ready to learn along with me. We'll be right back after this quick message. You can change the world. Let KKNW help you produce a radio show or podcast.
1: Learn more at 1150kknw.com. KKNW, talk variety that's live and local.
0: And as promised, that was a short interruption. We are going to get right into this conversation. Your community matters. In studio via Zoom is Ryan Murphy, Director of Electric Operations at Puget Sound Energy. Welcome, Ryan.
1: Thank you. Good to be here.
0: Really appreciate your time. I know you're swamped. This is sort of a busy time of year, isn't it, with the winter and the storms and things like that?
1: Yes, it certainly is.
0: Could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your role with PSE?
1: Yeah. So again, Ryan Murphy, I'm the director of electric operations, and I have a large team um, in electric operations that is responsible for the 24-7, 365, safe and reliable operation of our electrical grid. And so, Eric, my teams are responsible for monitoring the electrical grid um, at all hours across the year and essentially responding to emergencies, unplanned incidents um, that may occur. It might be a, a full storm. It might just be a normal day where we have an emergency. Um, that occurs at any hour of the day. Hmm. And that team is responding to emergencies, dispatching resources to the field to, to make sure that things are made safe for our communities and that power is restored as quickly as possible.
0: Well, you know, one of the reasons I was so happy that you were going to join me on this show today is I wanted to personally thank you and your staff, your team, for what they do during those emergency situations because I can see it from the warmth of my own living room as I'm watching the news and I look out at trees that are fallen or uh, lines that are down and uh your staff is out there no matter the elements trying to get that power back on.
1: Thank you Eric. I'm I'm grateful for that comment um because most people don't get the don't don't get the pleasure of getting to see what our frontline employees do and the dedication that they have they're really no different than our our amazing first responders uh, police first responders fire first responders um medics i mean these men and women are driven to serve their community they truly are and it's it's usually in in tough weather conditions 100%
0: 100% uh I'm. I also really like uh, like your website, but I also like uh, the fact that you send me notices on my phone saying, "Hey, the power's out." So if I'm away from my house, and then I, suddenly I know that my neighborhood's down, for instance.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a key technology. Yeah, yes. love it.
0: So walk us through the general process that PSE takes when responding to, say, a wide uh, widespread power outage event. What happens?
1: Yeah, you bet. So what I'd like to really what I'd really like to illuminate here is that for us for for Puget Sound Energy, things really begin, Eric when when the National Weather Service begins to forecast inclement weather. So in the in the week ahead forecast, and then as we approach you know the five day ahead, four days and so forth, we're monitoring very closely what the what the National Weather Service is indicating. Um, we have individuals who are looking at the weather models as well, looking for um, agreements in the different weather models, and really understanding the probability of inclement weather hmm. arriving.
0: Yeah, as, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I didn't think of that. I mean, that makes perfect sense. So really, you, you, your staff, BSE as a whole, you're not you're proactive. You're not just reacting to something that happens. You're prepared
1: absolutely eric and i like to say there are many storms that we respond to um most of which don't happen so (laughs) we're preparing for we're preparing for weather all year long in the winter it's it's uh wind storms snow ice in the summer it's heat and not all of the forecasted weather comes to fruition
0: yeah, I can imagine. And the Northwest is a hard one to predict, isn't it, with weather, uh, particularly the winds and the directions and that sort of thing.
1: You're exactly right, Eric. Uh, what I do know about our beautiful Northwest area is that we have we have every different variation of uh, – we have mountains, we mm-hmm. have the inlets, we have the ocean – um it, it is a very challenging area for the national weather service and others to forecast and they, they do a phenomenal job with the challenges they have
0: not only that we have sort of a unique geography here with a lot of water bridges traffic uh you know just not a lot of wide open space where uh i would imagine the crews can sort of spread out and take care of the task at hand right yeah. yes so um Again, going back to power outages and things like that, um, some I would imagine could be fixed within hours. Well, I've I've lived it. I it's amazing. Sometimes it's just a blink. Sometimes we've had you know three, four, and beyond hours of power not being existent. Uh, can you explain what kind of makes an outage last longer in the variety of ways that you, your team, and PSE as a whole deals with it?
1: You bet, you bet. What, where I'd like to start with this is. It, really under, beginning to understand how we restore power uh, during during a major event, Eric. and where where we must begin the way that the, the way that system restoration works, we must first restore the the infrastructure that brings power to, to local regions. And then further from there we begin to restore the infrastructure that delivers power to local neighborhoods. And then from there we 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 continue on to restoration to the house itself, to the house meter. The the during a large event, we have our infrastructure is is impacted from, from the, the delivery of the high voltage lines all the way into the house. And so there's a it's important to begin to bring the system up so that as we continue restoring and getting more granular toward the residential level. Um, we can begin to bring the power system up in a stable and reliable way. And so w- with that, with that idea in mind, um, the the when the storm begins, you may not you you may not see us in your local neighborhoods because we are restoring power upstream on the electrical grid. Mm. When it comes time to the repair itself, the the severity of the damage is a big factor so if you can envision a branch maybe that blew into the line didn't cause a lot of damage to the power pole or the hardware an outage of that severity may take 30 minutes it may take an hour once we're on site on the other hand if a tree falls if, if a tree falls into our power lines and causes the the power poles to break, conductors to, to fall to the ground, that's a very complicated repair process that could take eight hours or more where we have to remove the tree very safely. We have to make sure everything is safe in, in our communities and neighborhoods and then repair the infrastructure itself.
0: So it sounds like you take sort of a macro view and then bring it more micro as you fix the problem or delve into it.
1: Yes. Got it. Yes, Got that's, it. A, that's a good way of putting it.
0: So there's times, and I've experienced this, where, you know, various places I've lived seem to be out of power longer than other places I've lived. And and I I think about seniors and maybe people with disabilities who depend on electricity for, you know, all the various equipment that help them in their lives. What are populations like this to do, you know, when when the power is out for so long? How can PSE sort of support them and and get the word out about uh, options for them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we we do we do track um, medical medically sensitive um, customers. Mm. And one thing I'll share as a part of this answer, Eric, is that we as as the storm gets underway, and in the hours continuing, we receive hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of 911 calls. 911 calls um, can be a very big part of the intake in the early parts of a storm. And so while I did say a moment ago that we must focus on, on the large power delivery parts of our system in the early parts of the storm, we very much are, are focused and prioritizing um, and triaging the large volume of 911 calls that are coming in from local dispatch centers. And so we're, we're sending resources to local dispatch centers As we as we progress further into the storm and begin to get to the the point where we can begin storing power in local local neighborhoods, it is at that point that we are prioritizing um, medically sensitive customers. It's important, I would say, for for customers to be as prepared as they can be for large scale events where where Mother Nature surprises us Um, we we can be very prepared and still experience a significant impact with our Northwest windstorms and other conditions. So there's there's quite a few suggestions that can be made around having standby generation, if individuals can afford that, um, being sure that there are battery backups uh, where possible for medically sensitive devices, um, battery backups for, for cell phones, um, ensuring that ensuring that you have adequate food, um, battery charged radios so that you can continue to receive information. And this is an important one as well to take time to download the PSE outage app. Here, while it's, you know, a nice day, um, download the Outage app and be prepared so you can receive those updates with a charged cell, cell
0: phone. 100%. I totally recommend that. It's been really helpful for us. Uh, and your website is really user-friendly, too. Uh, so it's a great website to go to and uh, learn learn all about some safety tips. We'll get to really into that in the second segment here of today's show. You know, as we head into break, Ryan, I'd like to give out some information about how people can learn more about PSE. I would imagine the website's a great place to start.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yep, that is the perfect place to start is Get onto our
0: website. Okay, pse.com. Check that out and uh, look for outage information and how power gets restored and all the things we're talking about. You can as you surf through PSE.com, learn these things. Also, if you have you find down power lines, I saw that uh, you want people to call the eight eighty eight number or nine one one, depending on, you know, maybe the severity or or you know, is someone in danger, obviously, but uh, down power lines are nothing to mess with.
1: Yes, and and I would like to really take a moment and, and emphasize this because this this really could save someone's life. Eric is we we if if there's a conductor on the ground and you don't know if it's if it's a communication cable or a power conductor, we we ask people to stay away from it, and mm-hmm. we 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 message 35 feet. So if you can envision, I like to tell tell our our students and younger kids to think about a school bus Um, a nice long full-size school bus Mm. don't go any closer to anything on the ground any power infrastructure at all do not go any closer than a school bus and please call it in
0: yeah we hear that every year where someone is injured or killed by getting too close to active lines Yes. Yeah, it's, it's very dangerous. Yes. So one 225 5773 or simply 911. Again, uh, PSE is a great place to get started on that information as well, pse.com. Well, Ryan, if you can hang on through the break, I'd like to come back and sort of delve into really some great safety tips that PSE has put together and hopefully we can help uh, people avoid these kinds of situations moving forward great. All right. We'll be back with this edition of Your Community Matters right here on Alternative Talk AM 1150 and AM 880 KIXI. Join us when we return.
1: Want to promote your business uniquely and effectively? KKNW is the answer. Let us help you produce a professionally sounding radio show or podcast. Learn more at 1150kknw.com. KKNW, talk variety that's live
0: and local. And welcome back to Your Community Matters with me, Eric Crema. Thank you so much for joining us here on Alternative Talk AM 1150 and AM 880 KIXI. Two great stations, and thank you so much for your listenership and letting people know. I like to think this program is no exception as it is a chance for us to visit with people who can help you in your lives, improve your lives, improve your safety and things like that. Well, today we have Ryan Murphy, Director of Electric Operations at Puget Sound Energy. You probably commonly know it as just PSE. And together we're discussing power outages and the steps you can take to protect your families. Welcome back to uh, the show, Ryan.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me, Eric.
0: You know, I was got to thinking about how you said Outages are largely unpredictable, and weather reports are obviously the probably the best indication of when the likelihood is high. So what does PSE do to prepare for outages, both internally and externally? I guess, meaning, can you tell us a little bit more about how you communicate with your employees and then the customers that you serve ahead of time?
1: You bet so, as you said, Eric, as as the National Weather Service really begins to forecast weather, we're watching that very closely. And, and as, you, as you proceed toward the day of the incident, the weather models really get more granular and more accurate. And as you see the different weather models begin to agree with one another, you can be assured that inclement weather will arrive. It doesn't always, but the probability increases dramatically as weather models agree. As we see as we first see the possibility of inclement weather, we're, we're beginning to hold operational briefings. We're pulling leaders, leaders and teams together internally that support storm restoration work. And we're really beginning to make sure that that we have everything we need in place should the weather arrive. Everything from is our electrical grid configured optimally for inclement weather. Do we have resources do we have any concerns around resource constraints and many times we will bring assistance in from outside of our service territory repair crews in to help us and depending on the situation we may have them on site before the first snowflake falls Hmm. so that's really the beginning stages of our preparation
0: you know i kind of think of these things as sort of first world problems and They're a problem for sure, but it's amazing to have a team like PSE and others who are out there during these times of need, really you know trying to restore power, restore order in those sorts of situations. It's amazing. Um, what should customers do for their part to have on hand in preparation for, say, a long-lasting outage?
1: Yeah, I would. I would say going into the going into the potential storm. Um, You know, having having fuel in your in your car, ensuring that you have batteries on hand to charge your cell phones. If you have medically sensitive equipment where possible, have battery backup, Um, ensuring that you have adequate food. Um, and, And when the storm event hits, don't don't open and close your fridge a lot. Try to do that minimally. A, a fridge will store a, a fridge will keep food cold for twelve plus hours if it stays mm. insulated.
0: Oh, that's, and, that's great advice.
1: Yeah, you bet. And and really having water on hand and, and battery powered radios are a great idea, really so you can just keep up on um keep up on new information that's coming in.
0: Absolutely. Um now is it still I remember uh the messaging of unplug your electronics, things like your computers, that's still uh, needed.
1: It, it's a it's a safe it's a safe thing to do. Yes. So the the concern there is as we're restoring power and as trees continue to fall, we can experience spikes on the electrical system that are caused by trees um, or other what we call transient events, Eric, and those spikes in the power system can damage electronics. It's best to have an adequately sized surge protector for sensitive equipment for computers, for TVs, um, things of that nature. um, And that really protects against those spikes. An extra level level of protection is to really unplug those devices until the storm passes.
0: Well, and you know, we do get storms here in the northwest, obviously throughout the winter, and uh, sometimes they are a surprise. And I remember back to those times where I wasn't prepared, and suddenly you're looking all around a dark house, looking for a flashlight, and then you find the flashlight, and it shit, the batteries are dead, inevitably. You know, and then I like, go, well, "I'll go, I'll go old school and find a candle," and you can't find a match, that sort of. Thing. So. The time to prepare is now, right? When things are calm, do your preparation. And I like what you said about getting the download on the PSE app.
1: Yes, sir. And you make a great point on batteries. And I will tell you, I have three little boys at home. And uh, you can be prepared today and then tomorrow those flashlights are gone or the batteries are used up. And so it is is good, especially if you have children, to check those often. Mm. Check those as often as you need to to make sure they're there when you need them.
0: And the fire alarms too, I'd imagine, because so many of the newer ones are hardwired into the house, but then they have a battery backup in case of power failure.
1: Excellent so, point. So, it's and Eric, I'm going to take this opportunity to talk a little bit, a little bit about carbon monoxide as well, because okay. carbon monoxide is is a very dangerous is a very dangerous thing. You you need to be certain that you're you're running no, um, you're not running a generator inside. You're not using any natural, you know, any 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 of uh, fuel burning devices inside that could, yeah, carbon monoxide can be very lethal. And I use this as this segue because you mentioned fire detectors, carbon monoxide detectors. Mm, good point. Make sure you have carbon monoxide detectors, make sure you're changing those batteries and cleaning those as recommended on the detectors. They, they call for a cleaning every year and then routine battery replacement. So it's a very, very good discipline. We see a lot of tragic situations where um, people have carbon monoxide poisoning. And during storms is a high potential because some individuals try to heat with the wrong source inside or cook indoors um, using outdoor grills. um, Or again, trying trying to run a generator inside. It's very dangerous.
0: You know you're absolutely right, and tragically we hear about that each and every year. Um, and I'm so glad that uh, again agencies such as yours are out there trying to educate people because uh, that, you know, it, sometimes that's all it is is just a simple education. It might seem logical. Well, my, you know, why not just bring the barbecue in and cook, you know, and, and think. And not only that's going to kind of keep me warm, and then that's where you know injuries and death happen. Um, going back to um, things kind of not to do it was interesting i was talking to um, a producer here at the station and he'd asked me what we were going to talk about on today's show and i mentioned this and he said i had a friend who during a storm had their generator too close it was a portable generator too close to their garage it was outside but close to the garage door in that fumes came through Mm -hmm. and they passed away unfortunately so so you do have to think about these things um Going back to the conversation uh at hand here though, uh are there things that um PSE is doing to sort of mitigate future outages, um, making power lines more resilient or say clearing trees, shrubs, these sorts of things?
1: Yes, um that that's a big yes. We uh, we invest heavily um every year throughout the year to to build a more resilient Power grid, and so it, we have programs, Eric. Uh, Eighteen programs that fall into this this category that include a pole replacement program, um, a, a robust vegetation management program, which not only is 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 um, focuses on um, tree trimming in our right of way, but also identification of hazard trees or dying trees that are on private property or on uh, outside of our right of way. And it in in our beautiful area here in the northwest, um, we we have it's it's amazing, it's beautiful, it's green, and with that comes the challenge of vegetation management. So, vegetation management and and really taking care of the hazard trees, the dying trees that are off our right away, really big part of building a more resilient electrical grid.
0: Well, and I, I just as I'm reading through some of the materials that you've sent me, I. Didn't really think about this, but it's common sense. You know, power lines can go down for lots of reasons, not just weather. It could be the trees falling, and it could be an average day and a tree happens to fall. Also, car accidents. Uh, I'm noticing that people are driving more and more aggressively these days and leading to accidents that sometimes, again, end up into a power pole, knocking that over, and there goes that neighborhood.
1: Yes. Car pole accidents, sadly, are not uncommon.
0: Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. So drive a little safer to help everybody out there. Well, we still have some time, so I want to I want to go back through some of these helpful tips uh, and things to remember uh, now and think of now, not in the heat of the moment, so to speak. So make sure you have emergency pli- supplies uh, on hand at home and, interestingly, as you say, in your vehicle.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I mentioned fuel, fueling up if there's inclement weather ahead, um, depending on the size of the event. We can see you know we can see areas with your your local gas stations may not have standby generators. And so power loss of power to gas stations can can leave a gas station completely closed. And so for my family, I make sure we have our, our vehicles are fueled up. I'm also responding to storms, so I need to be I need to be out there, food and water. and then again, all those means you need to really get information. Uh, Battery-powered radios are a very wise idea. Um, A big one is, you know, battery chargers for your cell phones. Yes. So just being ready to, to get information.
0: And to be able to call things in, like if you see down power lines or if something happens to you or you need some help. Uh, that's Absolutely. the last thing you want to do is try to turn that phone on. It's not working. Uh, we as radio stations, we are beholden to the FCC and our license to let people know about things like storms. And that's, as you say, it's really important to have a battery-operated radio because even though we do that, you need to obviously be able to hear it. Uh, so download, to our radio apps to your phones. Uh, that would help. I'm going to go ahead and give out some information on your website uh, in these in this last minute or so here, Ryan, because I do want to p- have people learn now in the moment when things are calm. Go to pse.com. That's the website pse.com, uh, and and learn about outage information and how you know power gets re- gets restored and what you can do to prevent and and uh, prevent more danger, I guess, to say to your family and to, how to just simply be prepared. If you do see down power lines. There's an 888 number you can call, one 225 5773 That's 8882255773, or simply call 911. The important thing, as Ryan said, stay away from those down lines. He uses the analogy of a school bus length, about 35 feet, if my, my brain's working correctly, Ryan. yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, well, in this uh, last 30 seconds, I really want to thank you and your team uh, for doing the best you can to keep the lights on and keep us all safe.
1: Eric, thank you. you know, you know what an honor for me to get to come come chat with you and really share the biggest takeaway. I, I want I want the biggest takeaway to be people' safety. I also want to just share that the level of dedication and commitment that our that our frontline employees have, no different than police fire medics. To serve their communities so thank you for this opportunity
0: well said and we as as customers and citizens we can do our part and give you lots of room while that work's being done to restore the power uh, go slow and go around uh, there we go uh, thank you so much again ryan for you and your team and thank you listeners for listening to this edition of your community matters i hope you gleaned some great information from it join us next week with another edition here on alternative talk am 1150 and am 880 kixi